Abraham Lincoln took office, some of his supporters insisted he immediately impose the abolition of slavery across the United States. Not ready to take such a drastic step, Lincoln is said to have replied that he would not issue a document which the whole world would see was clearly futile. He would not be like the Pope who issued a bull against Halley's Comet. Did a Pope really become terrified of a comet and denounce it, anathematizing it in an official church document? This is the version of events as told by some. Even several encyclopedias from the 19th and early 20th centuries treated the story as factual. But what is the real history of the Pope and the Comet? Find out in this episode of Catholic History Trek. God bless America. God love you. I want these to be my first words of greeting to you. They will be the concluding words on each broadcast. I am not the Catholic candidate for president. I am the Democratic Party's candidate for president. Annuncio Lopez, Gaudium Magnum, Abemus Papam. You've embarked on a Catholic history trek. The Pope in question is Pope Calixtus III, born in 1378 as Alfonso de Borgia. He would be the first of three popes to hail from the Borgia family. Known for his piety and character, he was selected as a compromise candidate and was nearly 80 years old at the time of his election in 1455. The primary concern of his papacy was organizing Christian Europe against the ascending empire of the Ottoman Turks. Only a couple years before his election, the Turks took Constantinople, which had been the capital of the Byzantine Empire and would become the Turks' launching point for invasions into Europe. Unfortunately, the Christian kingdoms of Europe were too busy fighting each other to care about the impending threat of the Turks. The only Europeans willing to fight the Turks were the Hungarians, but they had no choice. In 1456, the Turks launched an invasion to conquer the city of Belgrade. As explained in episode 73, The History of the Angelus Prayer, Pope Calixtus III called for the midday ringing of the bells of every church across Europe as they called a prayer for Belgrade's defenders. The Pope also called for processions and preaching among the Catholic faithful, seeking deliverance from this invading enemy of God. What resulted was a stunning victory against overwhelming odds, as John Hunyadi and St. John Capistrano led what has been called the Miracle of Belgrade. The Pope called for the noon bells to continue to ring every day in thanksgiving for the victory, which is the origin of the noon Angelus, which is still prayed today. In 1956, Pope Pius XII issued Dum Marienti Animo, commemorating the 500th anniversary of this victory, and he called upon the faithful to continue to pray the noon Angelus for persecuted Catholics. While the survival of Christendom consumed most of the brief three-year pontificate, Pope Calixtus III also found time to order a new trial for the Maid of Orléans, Joan of Arc. This new trial would revise the illegal trial which had been held by the English Episcopate without papal sanction. The revised trial ultimately reversed and annulled the sentence previously pronounced upon her, and opened the way for her later canonization. So what does any of this have to do with the comet? Enter Bartolomeo Sacchi. Born in 1421, Sacchi became tutor of the sons of Marquis Ludovico Gonzaga, and in 1462, made his way to Rome, likely working for a Cardinal Gonzaga. 
He also was a member of the Italian Renaissance, a reform-minded humanist from among the elites of Roman society. Sacchi was close to the Gonzaga and Medici families and was mentioned several times in the writings of Leonardo da Vinci. A devoted follower of both Epicurus and Pythagoras, it's said he even signed his name by replacing the letter I with the symbolic Pythagorean Y. Under his pen name of Bartolomeo Platina, he authored the best-selling cookbook of his day, titled On Respectable Pleasure and Good Health. First distributed in manuscript form around 1465 or so, by 1480 it became the first cookbook ever printed with the new invention of the mechanical printing press. The cookbook records the most popular and intriguing Italian recipes of the 15th century, including Italy's best-known non-pizza culinary contribution, pasta with sauce. Although, not the red tomato sauce we think of today, since tomatoes were a product of the New World and would not be introduced into Italy until the 17th century. Rather, Italian pasta described by Sacchi was boiled in broth and served with grated cheese. Thanks to Marco Polo and expanded trade with the East, various spice combinations became the in thing for Rome's social elites, and the cookbook documented some of the countless variations. Although, our topic is not about boiling pasta and chicken broth and seasoning it with pepper, cinnamon, ginger, and cloves, but it is in regard to Pope Calixtus III and the comet. In 1464, Bartolomeo Sacchi was elected to the College of Abbreviators, which had been recently expanded by fellow humanist and friend of the Gonzaga family, Pope Pius II. An abbreviator was one who made an abridgment, or condensed version, of a much longer writing or discourse, basically shorthand. The abbreviators would do things like condense words into individual letters, condense words and phrases into a mark or a sign, remove diphthongs, remove punctuation, and anything to shorten the text without removing the content. This abbreviated mode had been around for centuries, and some early Christians even wrote with it as a way to easily safeguard their communications and secrets if they were confiscated by Roman authorities. Being an abbreviator may not sound all that interesting, but as a member of the College of Abbreviators, Sachi had access to many of the best benefits of the day, but his prominent posting and the subsequent benefits would be short-lived. That same year, Pope Pius II died. The Cardinal's dissatisfaction with Pius led to the swift election of fellow humanist Paul II, but Paul II would soon fall out of favor with the humanist. He dissolved the Roman Academy, which was a hotbed of moral degeneracy and heretical paganism. This Roman Academy was also the intellectual home for the humanists. Pope Paul also abolished many of the ordinances of his predecessor, and as part of this effort, reduced the College of Abbreviators to its former number. Through this act, Sacchi lost his posh position as abbreviator. He wrote demanding that he be restored, but instead of restoration, he was imprisoned in the Castile Sant'Angelo, where he was tortured with several other members of the former Roman Academy. Sacchi had been charged with both heresy and for conspiring against the life of Pope Paul II. And, while there was likely merit to both charges, he was ultimately released for lack of evidence. After this release, Sacchi expected, or perhaps demanded, to be restored by Pope Paul II. When this did not happen, he threatened vengeance against the Pope. Although, this time it was not an assassination conspiracy against the life of Pope Paul II. Instead, it was a character assassination. Sacchi composed the Vitae Pontificum, or Lives of the Popes. It was a history of the recent papacies 
in which he portrayed his enemies as the enemies of science. And although this work was horribly biased, it has often been treated by modern secular historians as reliable. Regarding Pope Calixtus III, he wrote, A maned and fiery comet appearing for several days while scientists were predicting a great plague, dearness of food, or some great disaster, Calixtus decreed that supplicatory prayers be held for some days to avert the anger of God, so that if any calamity threatened mankind, it might be entirely diverted against the Turks, the foes of the Christian name. He likewise ordered that the bells be rung at midday as a signal to all the faithful to move God with assiduous petitions and to assist with their prayers those engaged in constant warfare with the Turks. Today, comets are seen as an interesting astronomical phenomena and lend their name to everything from a home cleaning product to a streamlined diesel-electric which the New York, New Haven, and Hartford Railroad operated in the mid-20th century. But in ages past, comets were treated as superstitious omens of doom, although it's debatable if they were still seen this way in the 15th century. But what about Pope Calixtus III and the comet? Many modern purveyors claim he ordered bells to be rung to chase away the comet and that the Pope called for prayers to be said for deliverance from the comet. And they make these claims on the strength of Saatchi's lines about the Pope and the comet. But are they correct? Perhaps the best treatment of this question was addressed by Father John Gerard in his article of A Bull and a Comet, published in 1907. Father Gerard points out how the best authorities, nearly all of whom were non-Catholic, had concluded that no bull was issued nor prayers ordered against Halley's Comet. And he shows that, if one closely reads Saatchi's text, biased as it was, it does not claim the Pope condemned the comet, nor ordered bells to chase it away. Rather, the Pope simply asked that the Christian faithful pray supplications and asked, if an evil was impending, that this evil would befall the Turks. Outside of Saatchi's text, no other writers of that era connected Calixtus with Halley's Comet. Many mentioned the comet, and many mentioned the prayers requested against the Turks besieging Belgrade, but none of them ever mentioned prayers against the comet. In fact, St. John of Capistrano, who preached the crusade against the Turks and who was present for the miracle of Belgrade, considered the comet to be a favorable sign. St. Antonius, the Archbishop of Florence, also mentioned the comet. In fact, he recorded several comets that appeared during the era and he detailed all the prayers and processions requested by Pope Calixtus. Yet, he never mentioned any connection between these prayers and any of the comets. And it would make sense that St. Antonius and the other contemporaries of the pontiff made no mention of prayers against the comet, or a papal condemnation against it, because by this time comets had ceased being treated as superstitious omens. In fact, a couple centuries earlier, St. Albert the Great ascribed their formation to natural occurrences, a position which St. Antonius supported. But the most powerful blow against the claims that Pope Calixtus feared and condemned the comet come from the writings of the pontiff himself. Within the Vatican archives is the Bularium Romanum, which is the collection of every official papal document to be issued by the popes. Examination of this collection showed no bull issued against a comet. Not only was no bull ever written against a comet, but neither was a paragraph, phrase, or word raised against any comets. Not even the bull of Pope Calixtus from 1456, which ordered the midday prayers against the Turks, said anything 
about comets. Sometimes the story is so universally repeated that it is blindly copied and pasted to successive generations, even when the evidence is entirely to the contrary. Some examples of repeated stories which don't match the facts include the belief that Viking helmets had horns, that Napoleon was excessively short, that the Federal Reserve is a federal institution, and that Pope Calixtus III condemned Halley's Comet. And while I don't have a podcast on private bankers who run the Federal Reserve, I do have other episodes which dispel misconceptions about Catholic history. See episode 59 on Pope Gregory IX's supposed condemnation of black cats, and episode 70, which explains the real reason behind the papal ban of the crossbow. If you find these episodes interesting, you can subscribe so you don't miss out on other interesting episodes. And of course, you can share them with others who you think might enjoy them. And if you have any questions, feel free to give any of our episodes another listen, and you can always contact Kevin or myself at catholichistorytrek at gmail.com. And as always, we would appreciate it if you could take a moment to rate and review the podcast. Gloria Patri et Filio Spiritui Sancto. Sicuturat in principio nunc et semper et in saecula saeculorum. Amen. Thank you for listening to Catholic History Trek. You can reach us at catholichistorytrek at gmail.com. <laughs>